welcome to the Acres of Diamonds podcast with Bob Larson, a nationally recognized expert in the analysis of complex life insurance structures. In the Acres of Diamonds podcast, Bob talks about the flip side of owning a life insurance policy that your client has outgrown or that has underperformed. We share insight and strategies to help advisors maximize the effectiveness and value of their clients' life insurance policies. Hello and welcome to the inaugural podcast with Bob Larson. Today is your opportunity to get to know who Bob is, what makes him tick, and why he does what he does for a living. So, Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Matt. I'm looking forward to answering all your questions. Well, and these are great questions for our listeners to really just feel like they have a better understanding of what makes you tick. And the first question is, what did you, what made you decide? And why did you decide to work in financial services? Give us a brief history. Well, it goes back uh, be, uh, the beginning of Moses uh, back in <laughs> 1965. And, you know, I've always wanted to be a good Samaritan. A Samaritan uh, the story of the Samaritan was always something that invigorated me, made me feel alive. But I also had an entrepreneurial s- spark in me. And so I combined the two and said, I want to be in something that's entrepreneurial, but I want to be a Samaritan. I want to be able to help people that need help. And even if they don't know, need, know they need help, I want to be able to bring them information to help them get what they want. So it really directed me after schooling to a number of different industries. I found that the life insurance industry initially was uh, the last bastion of free enterprise system, and you got paid for what you're worth. And if you didn't, if you if you didn't provide good, valuable worth for people, you didn't get paid much. And so that's kind of the beginning, the genesis of, of my my search. I found the New York Life, and I began to start my career in the New York Life in 1965. And then in 1967, they took me into the management team, and uh, that's a whole other story, but I learned how to develop uh, a theory of rising yourself to success through incremental steps, and so I'll tell you about that if you want later. Wonderful. I I am going to ask you about that, too, because that's in the second part of our interview when we kind of find out a little bit more about what makes you tick. But who do you work with, and what is your specialty? Well, I've got two companies, one of which is uh, one that's creating liquidity for families that have high net worth needs, and that company has been around since 1980. It works with primarily attorneys, uh, CPAs, high-end CPAs, and trust companies, and we're brought in to do liquidity studies and how people can come up with the money to resolve complicated estate tax issues. And we just compare the various forms of money, including a life insurance money, and that's one side. The other side, I started in 2008. That company came about as a result of KPMG bringing me in to review a large life insurance contract on a client that was selling a a business, and that he had a $30 million key man policy, and he was going to cash it in. They wanted me to give him advice on whether that was smart or not. So I entered that world in 2004 and found out everything that was wrong with that world and created a very highly compliant process. Long story short, he had a policy that he was going to cash in for 238000 and I was able to secure and broker for him a $6 million 
uh, price tag that he was given for that policy. So we created over a five and a half million dollar gain on something that he was going to cash in for 238000 So that's a robust part of our business today because of the problems that exist in the life insurance industry, which I can tell you a little bit later if you'd like. But uh, it's serving a great purpose. It's helping a lot of people that are in the senior category that have uh, have issues regarding their insurance portfolio. It's not performing well, and we're able to we're able to review it and help them capitalize the value of that. So that's the other side. That's called Settlement Masters. Okay. Well, you just did a, a good job of answering uh, my third question. But and we are going to dive much more deeply into the process uh, of what you do, especially with Settlement Masters. So I'm going to move on to the next client. You you said that uh, you now with the uh, high-end CPAs and estate planning attorneys, are, are they your clients or who is your ideal client? Well, the ideal client is the uh, person on the street that's done a lot of planning uh, and bought life insurance for their family and or for their estate tax liquidity. And unfortunately, if you understand the problem, there's $143 billion of life insurance that's going to lapse or be cashed in this year. And and uh, the Life Insurance Association says that's going to happen for the next 11 years. It's a tsunami in the life insurance industry. And it's largely due to the fact that carriers have increased, many carriers have increased the cost of insurance inside of a policy uh, that was issued between 1990 and 2009, that category uh, are the, is the group that is being affected by this. And policy premiums are going up sometimes five times from what they were before. So somebody's getting a bill and it's not the same number that they've been used to paying, but it's five times that number just to keep the policy in force. They're not happy. And typically they drop the policy. But if we get to them soon enough through their advisor, and that's where the CPA, attorney, trust officer, or high-end advisor is on the alert and recognizes the tsunami is really a tsunami. It's never happened before. Carriers have never raised the cost of insurance before. They've always reduced it. And because the carriers have been making such lousy returns on their investments, they now are going back to the public and punishing them. Unfortunately, this crowd is in the 80s and 90s. And many of them are not in a position to be paying three and four and five times what they were paying to keep their insurance in force. Mm-hmm. So there's a tsunami effect that's occurring. And our, so the Samaritan part of me is passionate because I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of our clients were in that age group and we fixed their problems. But uh, oftentimes we can negotiate with the carrier and work out a, a solution for them to keep their insurance. And other times they don't want to keep it. And we're able to get, uh, like in one case, $6 million on a policy that was only worth 235000 if he turned it back to the carrier. Hmm. Uh, that doesn't always happen in that margin, but it's a, it's a kind of thing that when you have a, a work that you're doing and you feel almost religious, almost passionate about the fact that you're helping people. I've never gotten roses or letters like we're getting today from clients all over the country that thanks us for being able to reverse a, an asset, a life insurance contract that was going bankrupt uh, into thousands of dollars they didn't know they had. And so it's it's a real rewarding part of our business today. And Bob, you do take clients from, from all over the country. You're not geographically constrained? 
No, we're nationally designed. We just are completing a transaction, a diagnostic review on a, on a client in New York mm-hmm. that was introduced to us by their investment manager. And the investment manager is not in the business of being able to do this kind of work, uh, but they referred it to us because they heard about our reputation mm-hmm. and, and what Lloyds of London think of our firm and how they've provided for us things that no other firm has to give to our clients and to give to the advisors who work through us. So we are a national firm. So let's talk about the client education. So you don't just educate the the general public, but you also have an educational component to other financial services professionals. Let's talk about that a little bit, please. Well, that's a big part of our business. We run, in fact, today I've, I've ran two webcasts uh, that were national na- national webcasts on firms uh, that are, have advisors that are interested in understanding the life settlement marketplace. And I tell them that I've got to have to have a paradigm shift uh, in order for them to understand, comprehend, and, and take action in this world because they got to understand the problem that exists. This is not a one-off thing. It's something that you want to be able to be proactive with Because as we sit here today, Matt, there are people that are dropping life insurance contracts that they think are worth nothing that could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it happens every every day of the week. We get calls on contracts that are almost ready to be dropped, and we jump in and save them. So we continue to do educational webcasts. I do them probably eight times a month with advisors all over the country, helping them understand the problem helping them understand the compliant process we go through to make sure that client knows everything that they can do to keep that policy in force so that no one can complain. We don't want them to feel sold on a settlement. We want them to utilize logic in deciding what's best for their family. And in many cases, the cost of insurance is so extreme that the carrier has raised it to that they just can't afford to keep it. One one example was a very well-known, the third largest trust company in America uses us. And they they called us, they had a, one of their larger clients, and he had a $5 million life insurance policy they bought for estate planning. They needed some insurance, but they couldn't afford. The premium had gone to 500000 a year. Well, obviously, that's horrible. In 10 years, he's paid $5 million. So what we did is we negotiated with a number of funds throughout the country and we got them to buy the whole thing and collaterally assign back, assign back to the family half of it. So instead of losing it all, they were able to get a fully paid up contract of 50% of what they had before without paying any more money. Wow. And do those kind of creative designs because, frankly, these people needed the liquidity, but they didn't have the money to carry it. And after showing them all the methods of being able to carry it with the carrier, and showing them what we could do in the, in the settlement marketplace, they chose to do our make our compliant choice what they uh, what they chose to do. So it's 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 very rewarding. Our education continues. We teach advisors how to look for what categories to look for uh, clients. We teach them what to say to them. We recommend that they partner with us because we will not work on a settlement that we are not handling the entire process. We have to handle the entire process because normally advisors don't know what to say. And brokers in the world, uh, in this world, do not do any compliant work. They don't care about 
telling the client what they can do to keep the policy. They're not interested in that. They're interested in selling the policy. And all they're driven by is a commission. We're driven by doing the right thing for the client and making sure that their family and everybody's informed and that they sign off on all the things they can do to keep it. That educational process has stimulated more business for us than, than I think anything we could have done on the outer world. How much lead time do you need to have? So if somebody's policy is going to expire or blow up or however you want to explain it, you know, do you need six months, three months, 30 days, five years? Can you just give us a brief? I know it depends, but is there a rough time frame where somebody should get your attention? Well, it does depend, but in 60 days, we can we can solve the problem. Perfect. So uh, we need 60 days because we go through a lot of processes. Uh, can I explain to you the settlement world? Because I don't think a lot of people understand what it is. I would love to know that. Go ahead. Yeah. If you could visualize in your mind uh, Blackstone, it's the largest hedge fund in America. Blackstone likes life insurance policies as an investment. They invest in thousands in a like a blind bond pool. And they put the they put the fifty million, a hundred million dollars into this bond pool, and then Blackstone goes to a provider. A provider is like a money manager, and that money manager, or not a money manager, he's a policy manager, but he's managing the fund for Blackstone. Blackstone will tell them what kind of rate of return that they want to receive on their money. So the provider decides by reverse engineering that what kind of policy they need to buy and what the life expectancy studies have to look like in order to drive that kind of return, buying up 100, 1,000 policies. So then they come to us, a licensed national broker, and they say, we've got $100 million, and we're looking for policies. And I first ask them, what kind of return does your fund, what, what is the required fund return, the ROI for the fund? And if he says 17%, I know that they're talking about life expectancy studies on people, that are in the five to six year range. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be dead in five or six years. It means life expectancy means half the people, let's say this, the, the person's 75 and he has a six year life expectancy. That means that half the people 70 that sell their policy will be dead at 81 and half of them will be still alive. So it's not an exact science, but it's exactly the same thing the life insurance companies do when they issue a policy. This is just the flip side of that. They turn around and they look at the life expectancy studies that we do. We perform those for them by going outside to three actuarial companies after we collect the medical records and we get the actuarial studies as part of the package that we send to the provider. Then the provider takes that package and goes out to multiple multiple. Uh, funds that they deal with. We are, we deal with maybe three to five providers at once because they all have different funds. So there may be as many as 15 different funds bidding on a particular policy. So long story short, the educational process and what we do for the advisor to understand the process is extensive. We believe that the more informed they are, the better they, they will use us as a partner. Outside of your being a good Samaritan within the financial services arena, what, what do you do in the community? What's, what sort of stuff do you do in your own backyard? Well, I'm kind of a, uh, a Tony Robbins, a uh, Osteen kind of a, a guy. When I'm with people, uh, I'm a member of a number of organizations. So when people ask me what I do, I say, uh, it's real simple. I keep wealth in the family. I help people keep wealth in the family. 
And wealth is a lot of different things. It's not only money. It's not only assets. It can be the harmony between people. I work with some of the largest, the Roy Williams Company, which is one of the largest coaches for families to help them harmonize as a family. But what I do in the community, uh, I support uh, big brothers, big sisters. My wife is an active uh, big sister, and I uh, am active in a number of the uh, community organizations. But most of the things I do there is I always get asked to speak, and I speak on keeping wealth in the family. The first thing I do is I define what is wealth to you, and most people go to financial assets. But in fact, I have been with probably 300 people that are passing away over my 50 years in the business. And the last thing they talk about is how much they made. What they talk about is what they didn't do and who they didn't tell they loved. Mm -hmm. And so what's a financial, what's an asset in a family? It's the harmony. And so I talk about what, what is true wealth. And those clients that I have that are in the billion, billion dollar class that have a great family, I love them. And I ask them to speak. I, I, I get involved with them. And uh, it's, it's inspiring to me because they have a, not a religious sense, but a spiritual sense mm-hmm. of what this life is all about. And, and uh, they live the, the walk that they talk. That's awesome. So in the community, I'm involved in a lot of different things. Most of it is kind of my, my lay uh, desire to be a preacher, I guess. <laughs> but not a, you know, preaching... What you believe in, I think, is an important thing. Mm-hmm. People don't need to wait and see what's happening. They need to be part of what's happening. And the way you can do that is to be certain about your feelings about life and what is true wealth, because most people are trying to make a living instead of build a build a, a fortune. Sure. And if, and and what is the definition of a fortune? It varies. It could be yeah. uh, different things to different people. But I, I'm very active in a lot of different uh, different venues in the community, and and everything that I do and say in that community is in line with what I believe. What's you've been doing this since? What, what, when did you say nineteen? What? Yeah, I know you have to say nineteen. What? Because it was before you were born. Nineteen sixty-five is when I started. A, uh, in the life insurance business. Okay. So I'm assuming you were born after 1960. We, well, we don't need to talk about that, Bob. We can talk about that at a later time. Um, but uh, what sort of what sort of education? So let's talk about that. This this seems like like an enormous amount of education when it comes to understanding tax law and trusts and accounting. And it just seems like this is super deep. Tell everybody a little bit about this educational journey that has brought you to where you are today. Well, education is ongoing. You know, if you think you're ripe, you're rotting. If you think you're green, you're growing. I don't think anybody that I've ever met that's highly successful feels like they're done. And so education starts when you first begin in the business to learn about selling. But then selling is misconstrued by everyone because they think it's somebody that's a product pusher. Well, you got to get beyond product pushing and start solving problems. And so all the education I had early on was help is, is understanding what the product was as a solution and who had the problem. And then I had to go find people with the problem, and it was easy to talk to them about a solution. So in my early days, it was just the general carrier kind of education. Uh, later on, there was the CLU, which is Chartered Life Underwriter Education, and there was a variety of different advanced programs that I took on estate planning and and the constant 
uh, quest for education continues. I'm active in, in the uh, Society for Trust and State Practitioners, which is an international group that uh, that studies international tax primarily in a state and gift transfer. Uh, I'm active as a, a member on the membership committee, and so if you want to join, I'll, I'll I'll talk to you about all the valuable benefits, Matt. But the the idea being, uh, I'm active in. The, prime, the premier educational system for attorneys and accountants. And when, when I talk about education, again, I'm talking about more than learning book knowledge. The book knowledge is one thing, but I know a lot of very smart attorneys and smart accountants. I know a lot of smart people, and many of them are not productive because they don't understand people. So you got to kind of have a blend of, of people knowledge and book knowledge to be active. My bigger clients look to me as a, a, a light, a, a guide, first of all, we do what's called a blueprint to get them a picture of where they are currently. And that blueprint is as big as a construction blueprint. So it's a big a map that shows them where they are and what problems that exist and where they are that would keep them from where they're going. Where did I learn that? Uh, another thing I've done since I began is I've partnered with people that were bigger and better than I, than I am uh, in areas in which I wanted to expand, and I would seek out the very best. That's probably been the best education that I've had, because I have worked with some of the giants in this business, and they have taught me humility. They've taught me how to care about what I'm doing. They've talked about my, you know, if I'm if I'm working for a living, I should get out. I got to work beyond getting a living. I've got to work to where money is not the object of my work. My work is, is motivated by solving issues that people will have in their life or are having currently. So my education's been ongoing. I know that's a bit ambiguous, but partnering with, with uh, very top people, being active in the premier trust and estate planning groups around the country nationally uh, is important. I'm flying to Miami in October. I was in D.C. in June. Uh, at, I was speaking at an event, uh, an educational event. I give continuing ed credits as a result of my education uh, to CPAs and mm. to insurance professionals and so on. So it's an ongoing thing. I don't look at education as I went to this college and got an MA or a BA. Sure. And, and I'm, I'm done now. I'm a smart guy. No. <laughs> just, just beginning to get what life is all about. Yeah. Now go put it to practice and find out the people side of it. Absolutely. What is your financial philosophy? If you were able to distill that into, you know, a couple of brief sentences or a short paragraph, how, how would you explain your financial philosophy? Well, that's easy. Find out what wealth is to you. The first thing is people don't know how much is enough and they don't know what wealth is to them. And wealth, wealth is enough to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want. And what that number is, it's different for everybody. You know, somebody that works for General Electric, wealth to them might be to have a million dollars to retire on. Well, when I look at a million dollars, I look at 4% on a million dollars, 40000 a year, taxable. So you got to look at what is the capital sum needed to provide the income that you need to live the way you want to live. Too many people retire on too little, and they end up going flipping burgers or being you know, guest greeters at Walmart. And I'm being facetious, but there are a lot more people that can't buy long-term care when they retire because they don't have enough money. And I like to be able to get people to think about that long before they retire. 
And of course, our settlement business is providing millions of dollars for people that needed more retirement, needed more long-term care. So my, my philosophy on wealth is to begin to figure out what is your number and then reverse engineer it. As long as you have enough to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, you're wealthy. It doesn't matter what that number is. I've got 12 clients that are over a billion dollars. I've got probably 100 clients that are in excess of 100 million of total assets. How many of those people are truly wealthy? I would say 5%. The rest of them have a lot of assets. They're nice people, but they really have a lot to get through before they pass on to the next world. So what is true wealth? That's my best definition. I help people keep that wealth in the family. Fantastic. Very clear. Now, we're going to go through our rapid-fire section here. So these are, these are questions just uh, for people to just uh, – for us to peel back the, the, the surface just a little bit and look at you a, a little bit deeper. When you're not working, what do you do for fun? I work out at the gym. I ride my Peloton, which is a spin bike. Uh, I uh, love to travel. Uh, traveling is a big thing. I've got a home in the desert and a home in the mountains and a home in the beach. And so I love to move around there. Uh, I love to find somebody I can help once a quarter. And, and when I say help, help them learn how to help themselves. I don't believe in charity. I believe in charity starts with you. And so I want to help people that, that uh, maybe nobody else is helping. So I like downtime. I like reading. I like meditating. Uh, I like the things that help me develop the internal gift that God gave me, which is my, my body, my mind, and my soul. So, you know, it starts with us. If we don't like ourselves, if we haven't forgiven ourselves, if we haven't worked on continually course correcting our life and, and feeling good about ourselves, uh, we really can't be authentic in the real world. And, and authenticity is a hard uh, commodity to find in the human race. But when you find it, you feel good, you feel safe. And so what I like to do when I'm not working is uh, all those things. Who's your hero? My dad. Uh, my dad is long past, but I was with him by his side when he passed. And, you know, this is a, a quick story, and then I'll tell you in brief why he was my hero. But uh, my, when my dad passed, the moment he took his last breath, believe this or not, my sister and I were standing next to him, and a green flash left his chest. I had the opportunity of seeing a soul leave a body. Now, you can believe that or not believe it. I looked at my sister and I said, what did you see? Because I couldn't believe what I saw. He was my hero. He was a tough guy on me. And uh, and I really was scared of him in the beginning. And, you know, my dad was stoic. He wasn't a, a great uh, affectionate person. But my dad was principled. He told me he always return things better than I got them. He, he told me that uh, he didn't care what I did, but just be the work to be the best that I could be. But then something happened to him when I was 16 years old. He would kind of muscle me uh, once in a while, and I had been working out, and I was stronger than him, and I pushed back, and he fell down. And he said, son, I think we need to talk now. <laughs> and so from that point on, I started hugging him when I saw him, and we became great huggers. <laughs> so he gave me more as an individual than I could ever pay for in 10 lifetimes. Speaking of that, if you had all of the money in the world you ever needed, what would you do? I would, first of all, find, set up a private foundation that would be established to help people learn how to help themselves. 
in a mental, physical, and spiritual way. There's a lot of need in this world for people to get off the welfare, get off the enablement, and learn to be self-assured and self-reliable. Unless you're that, you are at the bottom of Maslow's Pyramid. You know, you're looking for something to be given to you. You're looking for something to take. So I would be helping people, and I'm going to do this. I mean, the foundation is in formation. I'm going to do this because I do believe that unless you help people learn to love and respect themselves, you're really not doing anything but patchwork. The bottom line to life, and I've been with lots of people passing, the bottom line to life is when they say, I'm, I'm thankful, a job well done, I leave this place a better, uh, a better place than when I came in, and I feel, I feel gifted and blessed. Now, that, that's a whole lot to say when you're on your way out. But uh, frankly speaking, uh, you know, my passion is to, uh, to help people learn that uh, it takes all three things, the body, mind, and spirit, to really get in sync. And you've got to like yourself. So, Who's your favorite person in history and why? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. There's a lot of people in history that have affected my life. They're more recent history because there was a guy named Earl Nightingale mm -hmm. who was probably one of the great philosophers of the 20th century. Earl passed away about 40 years ago. Uh, it doesn't go back in ancient history, but Earl changed the world. I had dinner with him. I was pleased to have dinner with him. I hired his son. I sought him out. He was on radio and television, well, radio mostly. He was on 700 stations a day, and uh, he was a great gifter of helping people understand that uh, man's search for meaning was the most important thing that man needed to do, and he taught people that if you knew what you believed about yourself, he said, a man becomes what he thinks about all day long, and learn about what you're thinking about, and align it with your values. He was a great guy. So one of my heroes would be would be Earl Nightingale. The other would be my dad. Okay. What is your idea of success? Having enough to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want. Nice. Name, one, name the one thing that you recommend most to clients, family, or friends. So this can be a book, a TED Talk, a reference to somebody. What do you usually recommend? Well, I'm a great believer in believing. You know, uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones said you're going to be the person that you're going to be 10 years from now based on the books you read and the people you hang out with. So I, I you know, I recommend, you know, this is going to sound funny, the presence of corporations and wealthy people, the book uh, called The Art of War, mm -hmm. which, uh, which is uh, written by a Chinese warlord, Sun Tzu. It's a great book to help people understand how, the winning cycle works. There's many books that are spiritually written that I recommend people that uh, that help people understand what the spiritual relationship is with them and their maker. Uh, TED talks are great. I, I love I love watching the TED uh, series. So anyway, I hand out uh, Acres of Diamonds by Russell Conwell. I, I hand out hundreds of those talking about your fortunes right within your grasp. Uh, he wrote that in the 1800s. There's uh, just a ton of people. I, I buy books by the hundreds because I do believe that a book sometimes will plant a seed. So that's it. Wonderful. What is one thing most people don't know about you? That I'm really a fun guy. <laughs> I'm really a fun guy. I'm very uh, warm and friendly. 
Uh, I am on task, and so oftentimes my initial response is I have to work over the intimidation people feel when they're in my presence. So, uh, and I, I've, I've had to learn to smile. So they don't know that I'm really a very warm, friendly, caring person that doesn't, uh, doesn't in my, my soul of souls, doesn't uh, take a critical stand. I'm there to help. So uh, that's what people don't really know about me and, until they get to know me, and then they, then they get it. Name your mantra, motto, or something that helps you stay focused and on track. Emil Kawai said, every day and every way I get better and better, and he took a group of people. He won the Nobel Prize through human, uh, because of human behavior because of that mantra. And so uh, the, the, the mantra I say over and again, probably, I don't know, uh, maybe 50 times a day, every day and every way I get better and better. And what it does is it affects how I'm looking at things. By gosh, I'm getting better. And so that's uh, one of my primary mantras. Proudest achievement. What is your proudest achievement, Bob? Oh, gosh, it goes back to when I led the New York life and I discovered I led it twice in my career with them. I led it once as a sales manager and I led it once as a general manager. What it did for me wasn't an ego trip. It was the discovery that I learned through that process that I did not have to compare myself to anybody else, that I could set myself a course, break it down to incremental steps, work the steps and out of that would come my 700 batting average. So that's that, that's my most important breakthrough. You have the attention of a lot of people. Who should listen to this podcast? And really, how should they reach out to you if they want to know more? Every advisor that deals with family planning and finance should understand that we, our partnership, can really accelerate their career and accelerate their value that they bring to their clients. And I don't mean that lightly. We create covenant not to compete. We give uh, advisors ENO. We give advisors all kinds of training. We are very, very user-friendly. I, I they, they should contact us. They should contact me at 800-824-3911. Ask for Bob Larson. I'm more than happy to talk with you and and give you guidance in terms of if I can't be of help to you, people that I know in the world and the industry might be. All of us are looking for a model, a, uh, uh, someone that can give us an insight to break through to that next level. Uh, I have been blessed with being able to have breakthrough capability. Uh, so please call me. I mean, I am a friendly guy. <laughs> and I will be more than happy to help you if you're willing to help yourself. Well, thank you, Bob, for letting our audience get to know you a little bit better. And I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to learn more about uh, who you are, what you do, and what you do it and who you do it for. So uh, any closing thoughts or statements before we wrap up today's podcast? Yeah, a poem that I learned a long time ago that I repeated, on the plains of hesitation, bleak the bones of countless millions, that on the dawn of victory, they sat down and there they died. So don't sit down. Pick up the phone and call me, 1-800-824-3911. If you're an advisor in the financial world, business broker, CPA, attorney, I will help you show you, show you breakthrough techniques that you can use, even if you don't use us. 
And with that, thank you very much for your thought leadership today. And if you would like, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way, every time Bob comes up with a new idea and a new podcast, it will show up directly on your listening device. And it also makes it easier for you to share with friends and family or other professionals who could use this information. For Bob Larson, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Acres of Diamonds podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.